0: Tova Friedman is a Holocaust survivor. Tova was just five years old when she was brought to the Auschwitz death camp in Poland and spent a year there as a prisoner witnessing horrors that no human, let alone a little girl, should have to endure. Of the 5,000 children that were taken from her hometown, she was one of only five that survived. It took many decades for Tova to be able to speak about the experiences. And now, in her 80s, she doesn't mind the questions anymore because she believes it's important for families not to forget about what hundreds of thousands of Jewish families went through. She is living proof of that. Last year, Tova released a book about her experiences called The Daughter of Auschwitz. She writes what it was like spending years as a toddler in a Jewish ghetto and being able to escape a Nazi concentration camp to finally being able to come to the U.S. and build a family. Tova has brought her children and grandchildren back to see the place where she witnessed death, violence, starvation, and survival. Tova's grandson, Aaron, wanted to keep his grandmother's story alive and educate others about the darkest moments in world history. He uses TikTok to have viewers ask questions about Tova's life. Our conversation was a privilege and an honor. I hope you will share it with others as well. Here's Tova Friedman and her grandson, Aaron Goodman, on the Janice Dean Podcast. Well, let's start off with Aaron. When did you decide you wanted to educate people on social media about your grandmother's history? When
1: I saw so much anti-Semitism on social media, really, it's um, when I noticed it was a big issue is when I thought when I finally realized that we have to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up in a private middle school and elementary school. And I wasn't exposed to non-Jewish peers as often as I should have been. And because of that, I didn't realize that so few people were being taught about the Holocaust. We were taught about the Holocaust because we went to a Jewish school. Right. But when I went to public high school, I realized that people weren't being taught this.
0: Mm. That's sad. I remember I grew up in Canada and I remember being introduced to the Holocaust with Anne Frank's book. Uh, And it made such a tremendous impact on me, her life, and and the fact that she was just a young girl that was documenting her life, uh, you know, before the atrocity happened to her. Um, And because of that book, I was interested in learning more. And I think it's very unfortunate that children are not being taught about this horrifying moment in our history. Um, And I think partly the, you know, people don't understand what happened. And because of that ignorance, I think that feeds on people, you know, I don't know, I, I think it's because we are not educated. And that's why there is a rise of anti-Semitism.
1: So much hate is fueled by ignorance, lack of exposure. So, you know, social media is the way we kind of bring people together
0: mm-hmm. and so was it through tiktok is that how it happened
1: yeah we started on tiktok because when i, when I, when I was scrolling through tiktok i saw so much so many anti-semitic comments and videos like and, what well there are anti-semitic trope that i don't want to repeat okay. i don't want them i don't want the message to spread I, understand. I don't want to give them a voice
0: yes
2: and i don't want to hear them
0: i, I understand <laughs> tova that's a great way to introduce <laughs> you here oh, no, um, no, no, no. listen you Obviously, have such a wonderful relationship with your grandson. Yes, Tova, tell me.
2: Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. I have a great relationship with all eight grandchildren, but this particular uh, boy, uh, Aaron, has been just just very, very important in my life, mm-hmm. and what he's done with my history and how he handles himself. And everything else. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know about TikTok before you met Aaron,
0: no. right? Oh, <laughs> before Aaron introduced no, it to you.
2: I am not on social media, and I hardly do Facebook. You know, no, my generation doesn't want to be exposed to things like mm. that. We we're very private. Wow. Our generation. And uh, when he told me about it, I remember he said, Do you have two minutes? We had dinner in his house, Friday night dinner, a Sabbath dinner. Mm-hmm. I said, Well, oh, two minutes. He says, I'll just interview you for two minutes because all the people I'm talking to uh, have a short attention span. Ah. I said, You know, two minutes is great. Two minutes works for you yeah, to right. start out. And, that's, and he also said, There'll be uh, just a few responses. I didn't know. I said, response to what? You know, I didn't know there was interactive at all. Okay. And that's how it started.
0: Now, did Aaron know about your—he obviously knew about your history, but did you learn more when you talked to Tova on TikTok?
1: Yeah, the viewers asked so many good questions that I never would have thought of personally that bring out answers in her that I've never heard before. So there were so many stories that I learned from just being with her and spending the time and and making videos with her.
2: Mm. When did you start opening up about your life? Well, I'll tell you, as far as my own family is concerned, I have a number at a tattoo. The moment a child, no matter what age, would ask me about the tattoo— I would answer age appropriately, you know what, not to overwhelm them. At three or four, they would say, why are you writing on your arm? You're not supposed to, so forth. And as they got older, they got more and more of the story. Mm -hmm. So my family knew about it very, very well. But the outside world, I started talking when my first child was in high school. And that's the first time. I was in my fifties already. Wow. So when I started talking. Okay. Was it hard? Very, very, very hard. Yes. Very hard. Um, The first time I ever spoke in public was at, I think it was at a temple. I couldn't continue speaking. It was so, especially when I came to the part with my my mother, it was very difficult.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about what happened? (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, it's a long, story. <laughs> it's a big story. Well, the thing is this: that my mother uh, always believed in telling the truth yes. to me, mm-hmm. because she was afraid that and she was right that one day I'll be alone, and if I don't know what's going on in my world, I will, I will die. Very mm. simply, I won't be able to protect myself. Yes. So from the very time I was two and three. She exposed me to whatever was there. Like I, when I saw when my grandmother was killed, her mother was shot, she she didn't cover it up. Or oh, when she told me that my favorite uncle, James, was killed, she didn't cover it up. And when my father came home and said, there was a ghetto before we went to the camps, that he had just taken his parents and put them on a truck. I knew where they were going. I was four. I knew that he had just dug graves. People, the the able-bodied people in their uh, late 20s were able to dig those graves and they dug them for his own parents. I knew that. Mm -hmm. I knew I'd never see them again. So that she exposed me throughout the entire war until she died. Yeah. And she died at uh, 45 in America. Yes. In America because we were saved in Auschwitz and I was 18 mm-hmm. and she was 45. How were you saved? How was I saved? Yes. Well, uh, we were in Auschwitz and the the allies were coming. Now, I didn't know that. I, I did hear rumors. All, I was six and a half by then. Yes. So all children You know, children know so much. I heard the Russians were coming, and then all of a sudden my mother appeared. I've not seen her for months. In fact, I hardly recognized her. She looked absolutely terrible. And she said, these are her words, exact words to me. She said, you know, the Russians are coming. Mm -hmm. They're going to free us, she said. But the Germans are sending us all to Germany. We're gonna have to walk. And she said, and it's very, very far away. And I knew it was snow outside. Yes. Because I was, you know, she says, it's freezing outside. She said, look at my feet. I have no shoes. I'm swollen. And she said, we're going to be walking with everybody. And she looked at me and she said, you know, you you may survive this walk, but I will die. I don't want you to stay alive in a world like this. And then she said to me, this is not a world for children. Mm. those were her words. This is not a world for children. She said, die with me here in Auschwitz. We're not going to walk. We're gonna hide. And she took me out of the children's barrack and uh, she found a she had planned this though I didn't know that, a like an infirmary where there were women, mostly all women, because they had separated men and women, and she found a corpse, and she hit me with that corpse. Oh my god And goodness. she said, don't get uncovered no matter what happens. And how long were you there for, do you know? You know, timing is very hard for a child, especially since I didn't see anything, because the blanket was covering me. But I started with that corpse being warm mm. and I was cuddling, and then the corpse got cold. And where was your mother and your From, father? with another corpse. Okay. And that's how we were that's how we survived.
0: And then the Russians came. Exactly. Yes. And then when did you move to the United States?
2: Well, the liberation was 1945. We moved in 1950. Mm-hmm. We were back home, quote, quote, unquote, home, Poland, our town, then in a displaced people's camp. Then I had TB, so I was sent <laughs> another year to a senatorium until the American government accepted our uh, application.
0: Do you go. remember when you were found? Do you remember when... You know, you were found, and they took you from the moment that you were hiding.
2: You mean in the in the um, when you were lying with the the corpse? With the corpse. No, my mother uncovered me. Okay. She said, "Oh, they're gone." They're gone. That's what she said. They're gone. And then, where did you go? And then, no. Then we walked around. That everybody. There were other people. You know how the corpses looked when I sat up in bed. Lots of people were hidden under these corpses, Mm -hmm. and in order to get out of bed, these bar, these these um, uh, what I I call them shelves. Like they would push the corpse off them, so these dead corpses would fly off the bed. Mm -hmm. As I sat up and I looked around, and the place was on fire because the Germans set everything on fire because they didn't want any witnesses. So then we started walking towards the uh, uh, the gates. Yes. So I was with my mother mm-hmm. when she uncovered me. Of course, she uncovered me.
0: Yes. What happened to your father? My
2: father was a dachau. And Dachau was liberated by Americans six seven months later. Okay. So we found my father joined us a year later. Wow. After we came back to to our hometown.
0: And what about your brothers and sisters? Oh,
2: I didn't have any. You didn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have survived. Mm. She barely could hide one. Not hide, but try to save one child. She, and she never wanted any more children. She, in her head, children should not be born anymore. She said it's not a good place.
0: Mm -hmm. And I read that the Germans didn't want children to survive because they would remember.
2: Yeah, for many reasons. You know, they were trying to break up families. The way you kill a people is you break up their family. So you kill the elderly and you kill the children. Mm. So what do you have left? Yeah. You've got people who are bereaved in every way. Yeah. And of course, we shouldn't at our memory. This is from my town. Five children were left. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds were killed. Mm.
0: Did you? You must have had nightmares. Ha, I still do. You still do? Yeah,
2: I still do. Yeah, I still do.
0: When you think about it, what is it? Why do you think that you that you prevailed? That your family prevailed?
2: You know, a lot of his luck. Mm which you will read in my book because, I, you know, different, different things happen. And then, you know, in Auschwitz and all through the war, you didn't think of the future. Every hour was a miracle. Every hour that you woke up in the morning and you were alive. Yes. And you made it through the day. Mm-hmm. You weren't shot. You weren't you you didn't have a disease like typhus. whatever. Every hour was like a, oh, wow, it was like a surprise. Mm-hmm. So it just... You just make it one one hour at a time, do you remember when you got the number on your? Oh, yes, arm? I do you do, I do absolutely, because the woman was Jewish. You know, the Germans had the Jews do a lot of terrible things to each other, yes, that's how they also broke our spirit. She just tattooed me, and she was eighteen. She tattooed about fifty, sixty kids from the age of three on. To very early teenagers, mm-hmm. we were in one place. Mm-hmm. And when she finished, I watched her doing it. She said, she told me to, you know, to be care, to, to, to 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 put cold water. She was very gentle, and then she helped me memorize the number because I couldn't understand what the number. Was. I was, I was six. What's a number? I couldn't read or write. Yes. But she 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 was very instrumental. In helping me survive, because she said, if you, she she asked me my name Mm -hmm. and she said, no, no more. You don't have your name anymore. Forget about your name. This is your name. And I said, but I I can't remember. She said, I'll I'll help you. She helped you memorize the number. She did it for everybody. The kids who couldn't read, and there were most of us, we couldn't read. Mm -hmm. She She helped us memorize the numbers. Yeah.
0: Stay right there. We'll have more of this story. Coming up. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox & Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. So you said, when did you find you were able
2: to talk about it? In your 50s? In my, much, well, I was to my kids. Nobody wanted to hear it. Wait a minute. When I came from, from Poland, from Germany at the time. In 1950, I went to school and I I was willing to talk. People asked me what the number was. The moment I started, the teacher said, stop, stop right away. You're here now, forget all about it. Don't talk to the kids about it, you'll scare them. Come with a long sleeve shirt. This, where was this? There was in Astoria. Uh, Queens in 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 New in York, New York. C- New York City, and they didn't want nobody to- wanted to hear anything. Speak to other survivors. Yes, nobody wanted We only spoke among each other. Wow, never to the quote Americans.
0: When did you feel that people wanted to know your story? In the
2: eighties. Mm. That's a long time.
0: What do you think the catalyst of that was?
2: I think that it was too painful in the beginning and most people didn't believe it. You know, sometimes when I think about it, I don't believe it. Yeah. How can you do that? It's it's when I went to Auschwitz and I saw all these what do you do? These people, these these very brilliant educated people were stripped of everything, their hair, their lives, their everything, and put into gas chambers and nobody said anything? Mm. I mean here we have a war going on right now, just or not justice. I'm not political, so I'm not gonna talk about that. Yes. But everybody knows. Right. And, and and at least their people are screaming, what are you doing? Awareness. What are you doing, you know? Yes. And they're nothing. Mm. No and people knew about it. The governments knew. Now we know that they knew. Yes. Very, very so this is why when my my grandson is is able to do what he's doing, it's like a gift to me. Oh. You know, he, he, he is like a gift.
0: When did you get it in your mind, Aaron, that you wanted to tell your grandmother's story?
1: Uh, probably about a year ago when I uh, got into junior year of high school.
0: Okay. And because you weren't learning it in your school. Yeah.
1: Okay. I, I even I, There's one class in my school that all freshmen have to have to take one history class, mm-hmm. and it's not taught at all. There's maybe a day on it, nothing.
0: Did you raise your voice, raise your hand and say, why aren't we being taught?
1: You know what? I did. I went to the board in my school and asked, why are we not talking about this? And they said, oh, we'll add it next year. Oh. They didn't add
0: it. And they didn't. Nope. And so you decided to use social media for good. You know, a lot of people use TikTok for funny videos and, uh, you know, makeup tutorials.
1: Yeah, that's what people don't understand, though, that we can use social media for these positive um, messages mm-hmm. and uh, different purposes, N- yeah. not just funny memes or cat videos.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? So it started with two minutes. Do you remember what the first question was to your grandmother?
1: Yeah. So the first video, I, I w- so I made a documentary of her revisiting Auschwitz uh, freshman year of high school, okay. and I posted that to YouTube, and I started posting clips of that onto TikTok. Okay. From so there, you
0: went with your, your grandmother? We
1: visited Auschwitz when I was um, 11 years old.
0: Okay. What an impact that must have had.
1: It was it felt it felt personal, like a personal conne- connection, and I wanted to share it with more people. Yes. I felt like everyone needed to see this and hear it
0: mm-hmm. and, and feel it and connect mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Who was with you on that trip?
1: Uh, it was me, my mom, my grandmother, and my three brothers. Okay.
0: So what did you learn and where did you go? So we walked through
1: Auschwitz One. And walked through Auschwitz, too. She was held in Auschwitz, too, I believe. Birkenau. In Birkenau.
0: Tell me what that is.
1: Um, So Auschwitz has multiple complexes. It's um, a death camp, a concentration camp. There are many different names for it. But um, one of them was for for political prisoners. Another one was for um, Jews, uh, Roma, and uh, I think gay people as well. But um the the most of the population of Auschwitz was for Jewish people. Okay. It was the size of uh of I don't I'm not even sure, but it's like an entire city. You can go in there and look down, you see rows and rows of yeah, Birken
2: Barrett. it's called Birkenau, the one that's death camp, nothing else. Yeah. Oh. So it's
1: Auschwitz one, um Auschwitz two Birkenau and Auschwitz three, and then there's a whole bunch of other satellite camps. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like a huge city at least from my perspective as a child. Yes. And when she was a child as well. It's it's a city. It's you cannot understand how how massive the camp is until you physically go there and you can see with your own eyes how they managed to fit so many people in such a space and you can kind of feel
2: just How serious the matter is,
0: Mm -hmm. Tova. Was this the first time you had visited with your? No, it
2: wasn't the. It was very important for me to bring my grandchildren, because you know, most of us, when people were. My father tells that story when people were taken into those cattle cars, and they knew they weren't coming back. They knew they're going to be gassed. Many of them kept yelling, "Remember us!" Mm. remember us yes so uh, it was very important for me to help remember those people because there very few of us left Mm -hmm. and and when my and I said my grandchildren I didn't realize how serious oh Aaron was very young at the time he was 11 yes he didn't I didn't realize how it affected him. You never know what effect it is, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted them to remember exactly what he said in his guts. He should see it. He should see the cattle car. He should see how I was in there for 36 hours. And he did. He got it. And there were also ashes there, right? There were ashes of people, human Mm -hmm. ashes. Mm. And he said, the Jewish prayer for the dead because the ashes are just, we don't know whose ashes they are. We know the human. that's mm-hmm. so, all. So I was, and then, but, and before that, I, I this was a very important trip for me. Before that, I took, I went uh, two or three times before that. I think I was there a total about four times. Okay. All, only to, to show. Yes. Not, you know,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. So, It obviously had a huge impact on you, Aaron, and to go from 11 years old and then to still carry that with you and then want to tell the story. Um, So tell me, what was the first question that you asked your grandmother?
1: Uh, So first she introduced herself. Um, I don't actually remember the first question. That's okay. It's been a couple of years. I'm sure. It started with her introducing herself. She said something along the lines of, my name's Tova. Uh, I'm a Holocaust survivor. I'm here to answer any questions you have. And from that, we generated hundreds of questions from that one video alone. And we spent the rest of the time building up more videos and answering questions. And what I love about this media is that, or this medium, what I love about this medium is that uh, anyone can ask a question directly to her And then she will give a personal response to them. Just the fact that we have this one-on-one with the survivor that you can't find anywhere else is what really amazes me about about what we're doing on social media Mm -hmm. and that we're actually able to do this. Mm
0: -hmm. And Tova, how do you does it help you to answer the questions? Does it help you process it? Does it help you is it therapeutic?
2: Yes. Every time I speak it's therapeutic. First of all I have. I feel I have an inner obligation because I was saved out of millions, millions of children and adults that I have the obligation to remember them.
0: Mm-hmm. I
2: can't remember on my own. So when people like Aaron takes my memory, he's a young man. I'll be dead. I'm 85. I'm lucky if I'm going to be here another five years. Mm-hmm. He, he may be here Hundreds, feel so. Good. And what he does, he's giving it to other young people. So at one time we had fifty million, right? Fifty million. It's, what yeah. do you mean, fifty million so, views?
0: <laughs> so
1: the numbers, yeah. So yeah. Uh, as of now, we have um, over four hundred fourteen thousand. Sorry, over five hundred fourteen thousand followers. Okay. And over eighty million aggregate views.
0: Wow. Oh, over, my goodness. Over, million,
1: nine, over 9 million likes, and our videos get anywhere between uh, 10K and 8 million views yes. each.
0: And what are some of the questions that, that strike you?
2: Well, the hardest question is yes. for me, do I believe in God? Mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have to be honest. Mm-hmm. Because if I say, oh, wow, God saved me. I believe in God. That's a great answer, Right. Why did he kill the others? Yeah. I mean, what am I, special? I'm not. Mm. I never was. Mm -hmm. I was a child. Yeah. Why did he kill 150 people of my mother's family? All her brothers, every brother and sister and niece and nephew was was gassed, Mm -hmm. shot. Yeah. And they were very religious, Jewish religion, you know? So you have this question— Now, people will say, we don't understand what he did. That's true. But I, personally, have my ups and downs. Sometimes I believe in God, and sometimes I don't. Yeah. I
0: I don't blame you.
2: Because... I, if i believe in if i really believed hundred percent i'd say well i'm special and i was saved and, and the other people weren't special so they were killed that's crazy mm-hmm. i can't i don't can't think like that mm-hmm.
0: and what do you tell the younger viewers that want to know how do you explain it to them
2: i say like this look in our religion we were given free will and the and we Human beings have destroyed each other. Mm-hmm. And God is sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the way I can say that yeah. is because he created us with free will. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has second second thoughts. Maybe he would have said, Why did I create them with a free will? Look what they do if they're choosing so much evil. Mm-hmm. But that's the same, you know, human beings have been very destructive to each other. To the to our globe, to our world, yes, still to our, are to our animals, yes. Global warming, everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what I'm trying to do, and this is, and this is where where Aaron helps a lot, because we were just in in um, oh okay, uh, okay we we he we making it more global, yes. So you're trying to reach more people, exactly, mm-hmm. about the destruction of 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 people, of of our environment, yes, our whole environment.
0: So when do you do the videos?
2: Anytime we can. Sometimes yeah. on on weekends,
1: I would go over to her house and record 10, 20 videos, and then publish them throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, slowed down a bit because we've been a lot busy, but I do plan on continuing this. Um,
2: Whenever I can. Yeah. He, the reason that I think we're so successful, I think he has a fabulous way of asking questions. Yes. He's very sensitive. Mm -hmm. He doesn't ask anything that he knows is going to be tough. And if he does, he words it in a way that I can answer. And when I answer as an older woman, he helps me answer so that his His age group can understand it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, learning how to talk to teenagers, I'm not sure I'm saying the right thing to them. But he helps me with that. Mm -hmm. So he converts my thoughts that may not be so clear into what he knows Is going to be clear, and that's what makes it so great.
1: Most of the questions we get goes through um, multiple stages of filters. Oh, okay. So first, when we get a question, it goes through the TikTok regular moderation, see if it's appropriate or not, or whatever. But the important one is is what I I do, and that's when I see a question, I have to decide, is it something that she can answer? Is it something she's comfortable answering? Is it something that she might have an interesting story with? So, like, if someone asks... Um, did you have any friends in Auschwitz? That instantly makes me think, yeah, you know what? She did. She had a, a friend and they fought over who's going to get their tattoo first. Like, hey, Softa, <laughs> here's this question. I asked her the question. Wow. Can you believe Maybe that? Maybe you want
0: to oh. talk
2: about that. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> tell me about I, so that. So we thought, we thought they, there was this thing of line up, line up. We said, oh, line up. It must be food. You think about food morning, noon, and night. Of you're course. starving. Yes. You know, starving. So I said, "I'm going online to get the food." Mm-hmm. So a friend of mine, which by the way, she committed suicide years later. I'm so sorry. She, she fought me, but she was a year older, so she won. And I said to her, "Why, why do you want to be in front of me?" She says, "Because I wanted to get the food first. But when we got there, it was. Tattoo. tattoo. So she got one number ahead of me. Oh wow! So for the rest of our relationship, I said I know your number, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you did keep in touch. Oh yes, we we four of five of us survived from our hometown from Auschwitz. Okay, our parents were friends before the war. Yes, one of them lives somewhere in Europe, which I met once, very briefly. But the four of us would means once a year January 27th which was the liberation and we spend a weekend together mm-hmm. thinking about what life has done for us our obligation it was just a wonder we did it for 10 years wow until one of them died another one committed suicide now we two of us are left two yeah two and I am the um I'm the youngest so I'm still doing it. My other friend is about eighty-eight, eighty-nine. She mm-hmm. doesn't feel so well, so she d- doesn't do. So I'm the only one right now speaking for my hometown. Well, the, the original. Yes. There are, you know, like like second generation, third generation. Mm-hmm. So th- I'm it. Do you think? <laughs> would you go back
0: again? Would you go see another another time
2: to Auschwitz? Yes. No, I've had it. You've you're no, done. no, 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 no. Yeah, I have had it.
0: What about you, Aaron?
2: I have. I just
1: came back, actually, from Poland. I went to Treblinka, Auschwitz, and Majdanek, which are three different extermination camps. Um, and I would continue to go back, and I'll continue to encourage others to go back
0: as well. Mm-hmm. Don't go anywhere. We'll have more of the Janis Dean podcast right after this. Why, why is it important for us to remember and never forget?
1: Because history has a tendency to repeat itself. And if we aren't careful then it's very well possible that in the future we will have some sort of um, or we will continue to have a rise in anti-Semitism and violence against Jewish people. And if we don't look back at what we've done in the past, see our mistakes and learn from them, then things will just get worse. And it's possible something could happen in the future that is dangerous.
0: I agree with you. Yeah. Tell me about some of the questions that, you know, that you read and your grandmother responds to. What You know, what are the ones that kind of stick in your mind?
1: I got a question. One of the most common questions we get is probably, did you meet Anne Frank? And I think that shows a lot about what people currently know about the Holocaust Mm -hmm. and how people don't truly understand the scale. You're right. Uh, Anne Frank is one person out of millions that were kept in Auschwitz. And the Mm -hmm. odds of them meeting each other are slim to none.
2: Yes. And she was older she was quite much older than i was 10 years older i yeah. think so she was considered a working person mm-hmm. while i was a child we were the same time for about one week i stayed in auschwitz she was taken to another camp where she died unfortunately right sp- i
0: mean for all of us myself included yeah. that was the introduction to this horrific part in our history
1: yeah it's it's an it's an introduction but the issue is that the education the stops there yes. it stops there and and frank wasn't you know her story is so horrific but there's so much so many people who were killed in the holocaust and people don't understand that it was a systematic a way that they were systematically trying to wipe the jewish people off the planet yes and the scale of it is unimaginable and Mm -hmm. people don't understand that it was a, a huge tragedy
0: yes an atrocity what do you want to see in schools what do you want to see happen
1: I want to see pushed—I um, want to see more classes dedicated towards the Holocaust, maybe lessons about the Holocaust that teach how the Nazis gained power, which was through a political system. How they gained power, how they retained power, how they used um, uh, propaganda to, to, uh, to, to preach their message, how they, how, how they managed to convince an entire nation that one group of people should be ostracized and killed and we should teach how that happened what happened the truth and what we can do in the future to combat antisemitism and the rise in hatred
0: right there is so much ignorance surrounding this and that's that's the sad part yeah and we need to do
1: more and that's one of the things about social media is that we're instead of people coming to us to learn more we're going to them we're reaching other people who don't necessarily have access to holocaust education mm-hmm. um meeting a survivor is so the survivors today there are fewer and fewer yes there are fewer and fewer survivors every day and it's so difficult to meet one and talk to one that i'm using social media tiktok now to have her have my grandmother a survivor meet other people through the internet mm-hmm. um and we're, we're spreading our messages to people who don't necessarily have access to Holocaust education. Yes. There are schools in parts of America and parts of the world even that just don't have access to, to to the to the education system that enables you to learn about the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And it's important that we reach everyone. Yeah, they we had. Um uh, requests it was from Australia. Yeah, we have requests all over the world from India, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Albania, all over the world. Her book is being released in Azerbaijan. Everywhere you can think of, we are trying to reach. Yeah. That's our goal. Tell me about your book,
2: Tova. Well, the book came out not even a year ago. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, during COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had gone to Auschwitz for the 75th anniversary of liberation. And most of us were quite elderly. Um, I was one of the youngest people there. And then I met um, a reporter who is uh, uh, Malcolm uh, Brayband. who he is uh, uh, PBS, he was PBS. Mm -hmm. And then a year later, I get a call from him asking him, "Well, he, it's COVID. We, he can't go to work. I can't go to work. So we decided to collaborate, and we wrote it on the internet together. Mm-hmm. And I did the his my history, and he expanded it to political what's going on in the world because he's he's a reporter. Yes, and that's he's and a war correspondent. Uh huh. So he's he's witnessed genocides. Right. Exactly. So it worked very well. And became an immediate bestseller, which was just amazing to mm-hmm. me. And it translated, I think, almost 20... 20 yeah,
1: something like that, Language 20, maybe,
2: maybe 19. I haven't counted. Some of them I can't even read. And um, it was number one for three weeks in New York Times. And just now, um, I... I—that's without Malcolm—but I and another person, because he doesn't write children's stories, mm-hmm. um, are considering writing my history for eleven-year-olds, hmm. so that schools will be able, the kids will be able to be introduced in a, in a—I hope—in a gentle way, yes, because it'll have illustrations in mm-hmm. it uh, about the Holocaust without it being shocking. When they you know, I met people in their mid-40s, and when I mention it, they say, "Really? I remember one person was so a male. He was so shocked. he said, "How come I never heard about it?" He said, "I, I, 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 I don't know." He said, "I was never taught in school." yes." Depends where you live, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think also people are afraid to ask
0: questions. They don't want to right. stir up anything that would be hurtful to you. That's and right. That's right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, people are very sensitive. Mm-hmm. They're, they're as. In fact, when I go to schools, the kids are fascinated by the number. Mm. So I explained to them. <clears throat> it's been, I just hope I can do it for a long time. And if I'm not here... Here is my grandson. He'll continue. <laughs> oh, well, I see the
0: way you are towards each other. I mean, you're holding his hand. You know, you're. You must be so proud of each other. I mean, you, Aaron, tell me how proud you are of your grandma. <laughs> no I'm proud of her definitely but don't embarrass me no, <laughs> but I she, can see it I just want to hear you tell me <clears throat>
1: she's been such a uh, huge inspiration for me um, both public speaking and talking about the Holocaust and education And uh, 100% I am so proud that you're and amazed that you're able to speak with such confidence and, and about such a topic that I, I know make probably me just cry immediately mm. and um, I really look up to her for inspiration when i um, talking about the Holocaust. And I'm always thinking about her when I do these kind of interviews. And
2: I, I look up to him. He's much taller than I <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah. I always think about, um, you know, while answering questions, What is what would my grandmother want me to say? Well, what is something she would say? What is something she wants to tell the world? Mm-hmm. And
2: I must say something. He protects me. Yes, I could but tell. We... So that I don't have... There must be there are a lot of anti-Semitic comments, not only questions but negative things too. He doesn't show them to me, mm-hmm. so that I don't know the anti-Semitic comments because I'm, I, I feel terrible. Mm. So he, that he, he just knows what to do. Of course, instinctively he yeah. knows. That must be hard.
1: Yeah, as part of the filter I was talking about earlier, where there are. are I, I cannot repeat the things that I've said. i I, I will not repeat them, but yes. it it is is emotionally draining to see so much negativity on social media and and recently in person as well. i I am not able to, you know, to, sh- to I can't bring myself to show her that because right. I don't want her to relive any kind of uh, attacks that 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 might remind her of. Mm-hmm. um even. It's this hate speech that continues to lead to violence. Her her aunt was killed in Poland after the war ended, after the Holocaust, because of continued violence, anti-Semitic rhetoric, and all of this that continued after the war.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a double-edged sword, right? Like, social media can be a wonderful place. It could be. It can. If used right. Right. And that's what you're trying to do. Yeah.
1: We're trying to balance out that that the hatred that we see. Yeah. Going forward, what's your goal? My goal is to continue to expand to maybe other Holocaust survivors and to reach more people. So that's why I continue to do these interviews and continue to make videos, Uh, but definitely I want to continue. I want to use my um, resources in college as well, which I'm going next year. Um, You're going to college next year? I'm going to college next year. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm hoping hoping I can use my resources to continue this project.
0: Mm And how can people get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, so we have an email. So my Instagram account is linked to our TikTok. So if you go to our TikTok page, at Tova Friedman or at Tova Talk on TikTok, you can then go to our Instagram, which is Tova TikTok. And then from there, you have an email link that's TovaTikTok at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Any questions can be answered either through DMs, on so comments, or in our email.
0: Mm-hmm. Tova, what do you want to have happen in, in the world today?
2: I would like to touch those who are mostly negative, because those that are positive, I don't have to talk to them. Yeah, they're. I'm just. You know, I once spoke at a college that has no Jews at all, and yet there was an anti-Semitic demonstration. That's why they invited me to talk. It was on Zoom during Mm -hmm. COVID. Mm -hmm. So what I'd like to do. Somehow, through with my grandson, touch those who have preconceived ideas about Jews, about uh, homosexuals, about uh, about minorities that are being in some way persecuted.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's because they don't know us. Yes, I mean I can't imagine that anybody would dislike me and hate me. If he comes to my house for the dinner. Yes. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I, I, I would like to see that that my, my grandson's words touch those that are mean and negative. Mm. I, I would love to do that. You know, how to make people think twice mm-hmm. because they're out there to demonstrate to either kill somebody or say something terrible or incite the hatred. I'd like to help in some way. Could I say to leave this place when my time comes—not too soon, but you know—that I made a difference and and turned some of the hatred into at least being neutral. Don't love me, but don't try to kill me. Mm. You want to leave the place. uh, You want to leave the world a better place than when
1: we left. Mm -hmm. How does that saying go? I didn't say that right. You want to leave
0: the better the world a better place? No, I understand. I the, think kindness. I think kindness is more powerful. Absolutely. than evil. Yeah. I do,
2: and I think that goodness rises eventually. See, when anybody asked me about Auschwitz, I remember this kind woman who was killed right afterwards when she tattooed me. Yeah, her hand was shaking. Mm. And I said, and I was well, it was only five and a half or something, and I said, this lady doesn't want to do what she's doing. You knew. I still remember. I felt it. In all the chaos of ugliness and meanness and the smell of bodies burning and seeing the smoke, I concentrated on her who was holding my arm. Mm. And she said very gently, if you survive, she said, Get a long shirt, and nobody will know that you have this number, and you won't be ashamed. Those were the words she said to me. Hmm. So I, you know, kindness is not forgotten. Mm -hmm. What about that number? It must bring up
0: so much. You're not ashamed anymore.
2: My number is my witness because I'm always afraid just like my grandson, I'm sure he hears about it, although he doesn't tell me about deniers, right? I, I don't know about them because I don't want to hear about them. Yes. But uh, yeah, this is my witness that uh, it happened, and I want the children who I speak to to remember. So when they go into the world, they usually like high school or, or public, you know, lower grades, mm-hmm. they'll go into the world, they'll know what happened. Mm. And the danger of hatred. We,
1: we show her number on TikTok and those videos, always get the most attention. 827-633 um, will forever be evidence that the Holocaust occurred.
0: Thank you both for coming today. And you're an example at two people can change the world. I truly believe that. I do.
2: They can try. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I'm going to try as well. So thank you for both for coming today. Thank you so thank much you. for having us. Thank you. Thank you again, Tova and Aaron, for spending time with us today. Tova's story is an important one. We can't ever forget what she and hundreds of thousands of others went through during the Holocaust. It's a part of history we can't look away from. I appreciate Aaron's passion to stand up for his grandmother's story and to raise awareness to the public and our schools. We can't forget. Tova says it's her obligation as a survivor to represent one and a half million Jewish children murdered by the Nazis. They cannot speak, so she must speak on their behalf. If you would like to read more about Tova's incredible story, her book is called The Daughter of Auschwitz, available now where books are sold. And if you want to follow Tova and Aaron on social media, they are at Tova Talk. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice on Twitter or Janice FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.